It's the Green Umbrella Marketing Social Snippet Show. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Social Snippet Show. This week's live lunch, it was just the GU crew. So we spent that time talking about the changes we've seen over the last couple of weeks from a social media perspective. So there's all sorts of things that came up in conversation. We talked about some of the changes we've seen on LinkedIn. We got into a bit of a discussion around TikTok as well, which is quite interesting because Amanda and I have quite different views on that platform. But um, I'll say no more and I'll let you dive in. Enjoy. So welcome to today's live lunch, which was a little bit panicky because um, we had, yeah, just didn't look like anything was working. So I was, yeah, tender hooks. Ten, is it tender or tender hooks? Tender. There's loads of things like that, aren't there? Is it tea? Oh, no. oh, I've always thought it was tender. <laughs> There's a little phrase like that where people say the wrong stuff. There's like I found an article somewhere, and um, yeah, there was a, there was loads of things where where people said the wrong stuff a long time ago. Was that an long... article written by you? No, but funny story. A long, 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 long time ago, I was talking about something very, very serious, um, and um, I said to Kevin that whatever it was we were talking about was like a double-edged sword. <laughs> don't know what I was thinking at the time probably had a few gins but um but yeah there you go there you go can I I know this isn't going to be the point of today's discussion but my biggest bugbear is when people say pacific instead of specific oh, oh I hate yeah, that but don't you love it when someone says it that you really don't like because you're just like hmm, I'm better than you I'm a president is a precedent yeah, yeah, that's true. That one gets me. I was talking to someone again many, many years ago, probably early twenties, and talking to someone a little bit younger, and they were just—it um, was like their only first or second time voting kind of situation, and um, they were really passionate about using their vote and everything else, even though they really didn't know anything about politics, and I knew even less. <laughs> and they were telling me how they were going to vote conservatory. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. Never oh, ever no. forget that. Did you catch them? Or did no. you just smile? <laughs> no, because you know what I'm like. I'm just like I just quietly think you're an idiot. This oh, is no. just this is why these this is why the world's in a state because these people walk amongst us. <laughs> <laughs> these people walk amongst us, and then people like me don't correct them. <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens. Anyway, we've um, we've had quite an interesting conversation in our little um, you know pan panicky pressy of the buttons trying to trying to get live today. So um, I'm sure a couple of the things will come into the conversation anyway. Um, I know Mark's got something very <coughs> excited to share with us. Um, yeah, you have. I'm a good listener. Listen yeah. to you lot. <laughs> but we'd like to take a moment. To congratulate Jane. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> She's now graduated from her, what is it you did, Couch to 5K? Couch to 5K, yeah. That's it. We've had daily updates of her progress and she has smashed it. Was it two minutes off your 5K time? It's still slow compared to what a lot of people run 5K. Yeah, it's good. The Very thing good. is, Jane, I couldn't even run for the bus. So <laughs> the fact that you can run 5K is excellent. <laughs> 
Also, Jane's going to be really mad that you mentioned that, Christina. <laughs> I know, but this is the best thing about social distancing, isn't it? You can literally get away with pretty much anything. <laughs> she would have forgotten it by the time I'm back in the office. That's, That's true. I'm so excited to see each other. All the horrible things I've said will be forgotten. It'll be like, ah, hugs! No None hugs. you'll be able to hug. No hugs. No, no hugs. Right. Virtual hugs. Virtual hugs. Mm. Virtual hugs. <laughs> cool. So, okay, so it's just us this week. So we normally do a bit of a, um, you know, what's happened in social media over the last couple of weeks and a bit of an update in that sense. Um, so who's going to kick us off? Jane, let's start with you. What have you got to share with the, share with the class? <laughs> um, yeah, it's like show and tell, isn't it? Um, yeah, I've there's been quite a few things happening recently, lots of little ones. So obviously during the major part of lockdown, we didn't really have anything new and it was all either COVID related or, or it didn't happen. But I've noticed like all of a sudden, loads and loads of little changes are starting to appear. Uh, and one of the ones I'd picked up on this week was on LinkedIn, actually, um, about how much more it's becoming like Facebook. I mean, there was the discussion about them having stories a little while ago. Obviously, they've introduced those reactions that are like Facebook. Um, but another thing that they've sort of rolled out now is a sort of suggested options thing. So you go in to create your post and you get options like, would you like to celebrate an occasion, post a job, run a poll, um, find an expert, offer help and share a profile? But I thought and it's a way to make you sort of be able to create a post quicker and to give you some ideas on what to post. But I thought the share a profile one was really interesting because if you've got someone you've worked with or a team member or whatever, you can sort of showcase their profile to other people, which is just a really nice way of saying thank you to someone or, you know, get them some more connections as well. Because <coughs> yeah, we had that said like, um, like it's almost like a celebratory post, wasn't it? And, you know, you could kind of... You know, it's oh, yeah. kudos. kudos Mark that, yeah. got, that was it. Mark got that. <laughs> when we were in the office, he said, oh, Emily, is telling me that I need to give you kudos. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. You didn't no. do it. <laughs> no. Wonder why. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing is, those kudos posts were actually a little bit... They were they a little bit naffed. Yeah. And... Um, and I think, but whether that's because of how they communicate to a UK audience, I don't know. They just didn't, it, it was kind of like, it was a bit high-fiving, wasn't it? And I, I think we're quite, um, we're quite, what's the word? I was going to say refined, that's not the word. Reserved. Conservative. Reserved, there you go. Conservatory. Conservatory. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, do you know, if the person who said that remembers that and listens to this, I'm going to be in so much trouble. <laughs> I don't think, you didn't, you didn't tell the actual story when we were live, I don't think. Did you? Oh, did I yeah. not? Did I? Yes. It's hard we to did. remember, I isn't can't it? remember. <laughs> yes, you've shared it with the world. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I thought you were safe. <laughs> No, never say, never say. Um, but yeah, it is interesting, the LinkedIn stuff, and actually even that posting box now, and the way they've laid out those options, it's quite reflective of the way we're creating posts on Facebook as well and having all those options there. So it, it is interesting. And I think the whole, the tone of LinkedIn has definitely shifted through lockdown. So whether, you know, whether that remains the same or whether it gets a bit more kind of, um, you know, professional again, I, I'm not sure. But it would, some of the stuff I see, I think, yeah, I'm not interested. I don't want to see that content on LinkedIn. 
but there's a lot of people that are actually starting to share more of their world more of the people that they are and I think that's only a good thing from a personal branding perspective I think so I was going to ask that Christina actually I was going to say do you prefer it now that it's sort of turning I guess that more personal as you said showing more of who you are as a person rather than who you are in business do you prefer it that way rather than how it was sort of I guess prior to to lockdown really um I I think there's more value in it mm. uh, we're always going to hold a little bit back you know so it's not like we we suddenly need to you know Mark doesn't need to start posting about you know what he's dressing up like on a Saturday morning kind of thing or his, his alternative personas or anything like that um, but it, I don't know, it, it just allows us, I just realised just how on PC what I just said was, I apologise, <laughs> this is, this is why normally they keep me in a box, um, but yeah, you know, it's like having that, I know it's just being able to get buy-in from people, it's creativity, <laughs> you work with someone because you've got mutual interests, what I would say is that if people are doing that intentionally, you need to make sure you're doing it in a way where you're still creating conversation. You're still giving people a reason to comment back on your posts. Cause I'm seeing loads of stuff that's really good, but all you can like the, the natural response is to hit like, or, you know, one of those sort of celebratory icons, there's not really anything to comment back on. It's not anything that requires a response. So, um, and from an algorithmic perspective, we want those comments to be happening. We want those sort of meaningful interactions and engagements to be happening as well. It's really important. So, so yeah, I do like it. And I, I do think it's, it's high value, but we just need to make sure that we're still considering the algorithms at the same time. I think it's, um, yeah, I agree. I think it's the thing that, it's difficult if I've seen a few people especially on LinkedIn now you know on Facebook you get those sort of like emotional posts where people are telling sort of a massive sad backstory or something that's happened to them that's really that's devastating and it's horrible I think some people are sharing that on LinkedIn and yes it might be relevant to their business now as it's sort of describing where they've come from to where they've got to now and maybe there are some helpful tips in there for people that are going through the same thing but some, I've seen a couple where I just don't really quite get the point of that. And I think it's me personally, I think that's oversharing a bit too much on LinkedIn when there isn't really a point to it that relates to your business or to your work ethic or something like that. Um, but other people might disagree. Other people might like those. I don't know. No, I, I, would, <laughs> I think it's kind of, we said it just before we came on air. Um, and this is going to sound really cynical. And, you know, I know everyone's got, not everyone but I know a lot of people have had horrible journeys and they've had crap stuff that's happened in their life but more often than not I'm afraid I think people put it on and they do it for the likes yeah they do yeah, it for I the likes so. they do it to get the algorithm going um they'll do the kind of look at me I'm homeschooling aren't I great look at them you know yes there is sometimes some value in it and yes there is sometimes when you're doing it genuinely and authentically but there are times when people literally are doing it just for likes and attention to get the algorithms going yeah, yeah I'm a so. bit cynical so I, I agree with you Emily I know I feel bad I saying I, you know, that I was trying I to word it really carefully so I didn't upset people 
you well, can, I think you can read between the lines though sometimes that's yeah. that when people are doing it genuinely versus when people are doing it um and there is you know there's sort of a uh, it's not a parody account but there are accounts on twitter and things that kind of i think they're called the state of linkedin and they pick out some of those cheesier you know cheesier posts and kind of go oh really yeah he used to walk five miles in no shoes to get to work but now he's bought an aston martin yes yeah uh, uh, paul is just commented going yeah. it's a bit like sometimes people share the x factor tearjerker story so yes, they kind yeah, of bring exactly in bring like in the nan that. basically bring in the grand in the <laughs> on a stage of, a cry <laughs> going, oh, i'm so proud yeah i don't um, know i think like you said you can make it relevant sometimes and sometimes mm. there is value in it and i have seen ones that have been really good but then i've also seen ones where i just think you're just placing that just so that for the attention basically so that people like and comment and i don't know like maybe i feel a bit cynical saying that too but <laughs> realists we'll be realists rather than cynics really? <laughs> Okay, but this is what happens. There, there is a percentage and a high percentage of that type of content. So when you do see something that is actually 100% genuine, mm -hmm. you it actually hits you harder, I think, as well. So there was um, a live stream yesterday that was streamed um, on Facebook and on LinkedIn. And it was a, someone doing a Zoom call, essentially, um, and it was a, like a, a business coach interviewing, like almost doing like a, a live mentoring, live coaching session. And he asked this woman, you know, okay, so what, you know, tell, you know, tell everyone about your business. He said, so why do you do what you do? And she told the story. And, but when she told the story, all this other stuff came out that hadn't been heard before by the business coach. So she's um, in the Middle East and she works with um, basically coaching people in terms of their sort of mental health, mental wellness. Um, and she focuses on working with men. You know, the culture out there, you have to be a man's man. And, you know, and she's kind of, you know, she's really promoting that actually, you know, men need to take care of their, their mental health, which in itself is a fantastic story. But then she actually shared the reason why, and it was that her father had committed suicide 10 years prior, and her mother was also very unwell, and, and actually there was all this other stuff. And even telling you now, it's like my, I can feel my, my skin going and you know it, that emotional pull. And it was a really sincere moment and a really, a really moving moment because actually the person interviewing her had no idea and you just like you literally just saw his jaw go and it wasn't that he didn't know what to say yet say next it was almost like there were so many directions he could go in because of what she'd said um but what he actually did because he'd used something called Streamyard, which sits essentially it sits between zoom and whatever platform you're going live on so you can then stream to multiple places Okay, so he's doing his Zoom call like we are now. We only stream to Facebook, but he was streaming to Facebook and to LinkedIn and also to Instagram, I believe, as well as live streams. But because he was doing that, he was able to bring up on screen the comments people were leaving under the live video. So as the interviewer, he was like, right, you know, I, I just want to show you a few things. And he was just bringing up response <laughs> after response after response from the people watching this live just talking about, how amazing she was, how inspirational she was. And it was just, 
it was a really, really fantastic moment. Here's someone with a fledgling business that's got their story, got their message, got their why, and they've got this, you know, had this opportunity. And it just came across really, really well, both for her and the person interviewing her as well. But the problem is, for every one video like that, there's probably 250 of the fake ones of the ones that are just kind of, they're not about the message, they're about the look at me. <clears throat> yeah. But, Definitely. you know, so we do have to be cynical, but at the same time, I think we have to be open enough that when we see that content, actually we, you know, we, we are open to it as well. We don't just pass it off at every opportunity. Um, and I think if you're presenting stuff as well, if you're creating that content and something like that happens, you have to be ready to go with it. If, mm. if we'd have been interviewing that woman and that had come out, I honestly don't know how I would have gotten through the sh I'm not a particularly, um, you know, I was sat in this chair yesterday watching that and I had to go and nick Jane's tissues off her desk. I was bored in like a baby, you know, and it's, you know, other than my mum and dad, no one would think that of me. They're like my mum and dad think I cry all the time, but no, like, no one else thinks well of me. So yeah, it was just it was a really moving moment. And the reality is, from a social perspective, it does work. You get all that engagement. It's twenty four hours later, and I'm talking about it. Mm. You know, it's. Um, I think I like said sorry, Christina. I was going to say I think like you said, it's it, you can tell when it's genuine and when it's that to me sounds like it was extremely genuine and the fact that did you say it was her business coach that was interviewing yeah. her and the fact that she hadn't even told him and I'd imagine that they'd have a rel relatively close relationship with him being with him being her, her business coach sort of makes as you said makes that even more genuine and makes that feel like not that I don't think there's anything wrong with leading with that story and people knowing that I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all but I think you can tell very obviously when it isn't genuine and I think that as you exactly said it it isn't obviously came across really well to everyone that, that was watching it I imagine yeah it, it, it was really really powerful mm. and I think the thing is when when you have some when a piece of content happens like that you've also got to decide what to do with it next yeah we're always talking about repurposing content mm. And actually, you know, that piece of content, before the episode had finished, it was like the, the, the guy doing the interviewing, he, he, he was like, right, I'd really like you to, I'd really like you to come on my podcast. You know, and it was like, this is something that he was doing as added value for the people that engaged with him in the, from a coaching perspective. But then when actually he heard that part of her story, he was like, okay, let's give you this other opportunity now as well rather than going, right, how can I cut and slice this and really, like, make loads of other stuff out of it? So, um, so yeah, it was, it, it, it was very much about her and her business rather than him and his brand. And I think that's really powerful. Knowing where that tipping point should be <coughs> is, um, is really powerful stuff. Cool. Okay, so we're getting a bit deep. So um, let's pick on Mark. <clears throat> oh, you've got something Amanda. to talk about. You've got something to tell us about. I thought Amanda was going to talk about it. Oh. <laughs> well, I yeah, I think she's got a problem. She's, um, yeah, she's, she's, she's mute again. 
No, we, we, it was just uh, something that happened yesterday. So both Amanda and myself are, are big rugby fans and there was some announcements from the British and Irish Lions about things that are happening next year. So obviously things have been a bit up in the air, trying to plan for a big trip to South Africa next year. But they came out yesterday with a sort of series of emails and things saying that everything was going ahead at, at this stage. But it was really thinking about how they've used that time in between, you know, the initial sort of announcements and now being able to announce things of sort of feeding information via email and social really as well. But it's sort of teasing people, like Amanda said, about um, things about like, oh, this is how great, you know, Johannesburg is, or, you know, this is how fantastic Cape Town is. You really need to go here. And and it was that sort of trickle feed of information um, that sort of got people excited to the point when I got the first email yesterday, I was just straight on Slack to Amanda, have you had this yet? sort of thing have you seen it so it's it's that sort of keeping people engaged along the, the journey sort of thing and then obviously getting people to buy at the end of it which is what it's all about it was is a to me as well we were discussing it, it was it's a perfect example of an email nurture campaign because they should have their tour packages should have been on sale way before now um but they haven't been able to sell them because they didn't know what was going to happen so they've had to just be really patient and wait to learn any official announcements, but still keep people like me and Mark and all the other members of their audience engaged. So yeah, they're really sort of whetting your appetite with a, you know, here's a throwback to this and you could be part of this and, you know, don't worry, you'll be front of the queue as soon as we know. And I think the announcement went out, you know, officially on the news channels like BBC News and Sky News or whatever, mm. I don't know, maybe about 10 o'clock, but within an hour or so, we'd both had the emails and Mark says, you hopped straight on Slack going, have you got the email? I hadn't. So I was like, no, where's my email? <laughs> but it came through sort of 20 minutes later. And then, uh, yeah, so that is a perfect, perfect example of marketing by the book. They've probably got the emails drafted, maybe different versions of them ready to just press the button. It would be so, yeah. interesting to know how many people buy the, the tickets off the back of that, I think. Mm. Well, and they've introduced a, I sound like I'm working for them now, um, but they've, they've got a, uh, yeah, they've what, got a what corona, is link, Amanda? <laughs> they've got a corona guarantee, so they're, they're trying to put those objectives in place, that's, so people have got that. You'll definitely get it. You'll get yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to say, that's, that's, that's the, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so they've got a guarantee that says if it gets cancelled because of um, a lockdown or anything like that, then everyone would get a full refund. So they're trying to handle those objections before they're raised. Yeah. You see right. I mean? So again, it's a great example of marketing and good copywriting because <coughs> they're anticipating what their clients might say and go, or oh, your reasons not to buy and kind of, it's like going down a corridor and closing all the doors. So they're trying to shut their, all those doors at the same time, basically. So that the only thing you've got to do is go through a door at the end that says buy. Yeah. Are you going to buy? That's the question. Hundred <laughs> percent. Now I feel like I'm in the advert. <laughs> it's a trending product, Emily. Oh, I would buy hundred percent. You know it. I'm always sucked into trending products. <laughs> You'd be the person when it comes through on the email. There's like a series of different tours that you can go on, mm. like ascending price, but then the last but one would be like second most expensive, nearly gone, and you'd be there. You'd be clicking buy. Yeah, I don't want to miss out. I get serious FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> it's this is a bucket list thing for me. So I'm yeah, I'm hundred percent there. When? Well, sorry, this is my lack of rugby knowledge. When is it? <laughs> Next year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
2021, about a year's time. So we've probably been building up for it like for the last three years as well. Yeah. Oh. So, but yeah, they, yeah. They, yeah, they've just done a great job at kind of keeping their keeping us warm and nurturing their nurturing their potential client base. Do you know, I was um, I was talking <laughs> at uh, an event yesterday morning, obviously a virtual event, um, and I was talking about that kind of um, the sales funnel and the the Ada model, which I wrote a blog on a couple of weeks ago. Um, but how basically like you need to think of that as your marketing funnel and that funnels into your sales funnel, um, which I've got a, a lovely graphic that I um, need to send Mark so that he produces a nice poster for us because I've got people asking me for photos of my flip chart drawing. Um, so yeah, um, but you know, that's the thing there in terms of like, if you think about the ADA, like the, the awareness, um, the interest, the desire, it's 100% about that. You know, the, the action is that you respond to those emails. Mm. But then from there, you go into that sales funnel and it is all about the kind of, you know, those leads be turning into proposals. Um, obviously, you know, you, it's different in that scenario because it's B2C, so you, you, you've got it there. But all those objections that happen along the way that you need to be scripting for and that kind of stuff. I don't know, it, there's, I really feel like in marketing in general right now, we need to go back to basics. We need to go back to, okay, what are those sales scripts? What are the objections we're dealing with? And actually, that's where you get your content from in terms of putting your social media together so we know these people need this thing um you know it's and right now it isn't about putting content out there that is what people want it is about what they need i think now probably more so than the beginning of the lockdown people are even more uncertain because now we've got these freedoms starting to open up again and we can think about going to the pub, but should we? You can think about going on yeah. holiday, but should we? Someone's invited you around and you're thinking, oh, I really want to go and see them, but should I go? Have they been observing lockdown rules or not? And there's all these like questions and things and you think about the furlough and people coming back part-time and whether redundancies are happening or not happening and, you know, sort of, you know all these all these things we've actually got even more uncertainty than we ever have done because everyone's got triple guessing themselves so it is as marketers we need to make sure we are telling telling people educating them in what they need right now and they don't they know they're not sleeping but they don't know why they're not sleeping and giving them that awareness of exactly what those issues are but it it all just flows through those models you know, it, it flows through that ADA model, it flows through that sales funnel as well. And it, if we can get all of that right, actually, a lot of businesses will be laughing at the end of this. I think there's an element in there as well, like you say, is it's kind of back to basics, but we need to yeah, reassure people not to panic, not to just send out panic messages and going crazy with the spammy sales messages because it, it is hard and the temptation is possibly to do that because you suddenly have got this freedom um and business probably has been pretty crap for the last couple of months so you know people really want to kind of get back on get back on the treadmill and get the sales coming in but as you say there's still going to be a reticence and you know people are still delaying some purchases so 
as much as we can we need to kind of be reassuring people kind of it's okay just be slow be measured <coughs> make sure you're purposeful in everything you do <clears throat> make sure you're paying attention to all your data um and make yeah. sure you're in line with your overall business strategy mm. it, it's yeah. not we, sh we shouldn't be content machines yeah we just slinging mud at a wall basically don't don't do that I think as well something to sort of go from the the less salesy content to suddenly have a panic and then switch to sales 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 I personally feel as a potential customer that that isn't the right message to put out at all because as you sort of quite rightly said there are still people that are worrying about redundancies have been made redundant maybe having some financial issues and if you've built up a sort of a trustworthy community almost to then bombard them with sales messages doesn't give out the right message mm -hmm. I don't think and I think it can almost have that opposite effect where people are like well if they're going to be so pushy I, I don't know I personally would back away from that rather mm -hmm. than think even if it was something that I was leaning towards to be honest because I think there's ways to go about things and, and sort of encourage people but like and gently gently encourage them until I guess maybe your messaging is back to where it was pre-lockdown in a couple of months or whenever you think that it's suitable or, or right to be doing that do you know a lot of marketing budgets have been cut um, I'd say it's probably the more traditional marketing activities where that budget's been cut from so a lot of people are now going okay well social media but like organic social it's only costing my time right and so they're kind of hammering that and you know paul green's put in the comments you know linkedin you know you'll get like all day long it's like you can you accept a connection request you get a sales message you know and it's just the first thing you're doing is creating that perception that you're pushing you've, you've actually got there's nothing interesting about you Mm. all you've got is a sales message mm. someone's just walked past the office singing really loud i don't know if you guys can hear it no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> what were they singing yeah. should we join in you can um <laughs> but the, the the other thing right now is people are going okay what's well, social it's free where should i be i'll be everywhere mm. and again you know we're falling back into this pattern where people are going okay tiktok's like the next cool thing should I have a TikTok account? Okay, now I have, Amanda and I have differing opinions on TikTok. Um, so it's, yeah, it's quite, quite interesting. So, and I know you've got some TikTok stats to share, I think. Oh, I have. Just David, to Davies, I'm just David Davies. Davies. I've got, to, got to keep my audience happy, haven't I? Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, I, as a sort of, personal consumer I'm not a massive fan of TikTok I don't really get it you know I know I'm not the age demographic but to me it's just people showing off and doing weird dances I agree with that Amanda yeah I mean it's a bit <laughs> of fun great but equally oh my god you can lose so much time on it it's an absolute time vampire so yeah so I'm kind of I'm not really interested in it but the marketer in me is interested in it because I'm keeping an eye on it and I think had lockdown not happened, TikTok wouldn't be growing as fast as it is now because people would have less time to do these crazes, to spend time creating videos. But 1.9 billion people have 
downloaded it. So it's been 1.9 billion devices it's installed on, which is crazy. 800 million plus daily active users. It is a huge amount. And if you look at graphs that kind of show how it's been adopted, it was kind of steady growth, steady growth, and all of a sudden does that. So it's, you know, the takeoff's been crazy. It's very shareable content as well. So granted, it's not all dance crazes. And you can just create a straightforward five or 15 second video, which is nicely shareable. So you can take that and put that onto YouTube, put it onto Twitter. So and it's still got the TikTok logo. And so you're using that to create the video. So I guess, you know, trying to argue myself out of the pros and cons, pros are that you can use it as a video editing tool and then share it onto other platforms but yeah i mean as i say from a personal point of view i'm just like why would you use this so we've got to think about the pattern okay so the pattern is social media platform appears all the kids are on there because they're escaping their parents okay they, they want their own private space and what's happened is because we've seen it happen we saw it happen with facebook we saw it happen with Instagram, Snapchat, now we've got TikTok and the same thing's happening again. We've also got influencers and that whole influence model. Okay, so the influencers hop onto TikTok, the kids hop onto TikTok, the marketers know what's coming, so the marketers have hopped on to TikTok, and the mums and dads and cool aunts and uncles are now chasing behind so that they can be there too. Okay, and that's what happens. All of a sudden, the marketers are there, the parents are there. And the kids go, bugger this, I'm back off to Facebook, Instagram, whatever, it, whatever as parents we've left behind, kind of thing, or the adults have left behind. Mm -hmm. So TikTok is growing because of that reason. The influencers are there, the kids want to follow the influencers, the, the adults want to follow the children, okay? And obviously, I'm saying children... You know, they should be 13 years old and plus, but, you know, the reality is there's like six-year-olds with TikTok accounts, which is where I, I don't agree with it. And I, I have massive mm. things there on a personal note. So we know this pattern's going to happen. And as marketers, commercially, we have to respond to that or have some sort of response to it. Then look at TikTok as a form of content, okay? Rather than think about, thinking about it as a platform, think about the style of that content. It lends itself really, really well to stories. It's creating that content possibly better than Instagram stories, Snapchat, Facebook stories are doing. Um, and like you said, Amanda, it's highly shareable. So people create their TikTok. I mean, I've done it. I've created something on TikTok then shared it to my Instagram story and it works fantastically. Okay, so you've got this going on as well. My personal view is that one of two things are going to happen. Okay, either Facebook will buy the TikTok element <coughs> lips in, or they will just redevelop it themselves. Okay, so like they're, they're two things are definitely, definitely going to happen. Now, we've got this kind of political stuff going on. So, um, yeah, that's interesting that that side of things. Yeah. So, yeah. To, to really, really paraphrase it down, um, TikTok is owned by a Chinese company, and there's lots of data concerns about Chinese governments accessing personal information via the TikTok app. And there are certain countries that don't want them to have that information. So, TikTok's been banned in India. 
uh, this week, end of this week, 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 sorry, end of last week, weekend, it was banned in India. Immediately, Facebook sped up its development of something called Reels, which is its TikTok equivalent, and distributed that in India. Okay. At the same time, India's got its own version, if you like, um, an Indian company has got its own version of a, a TikTok equivalent. Um, and that was, you know, that's all massive, massive downloads in India as well within like 24 hours, 48 hours of ban. So people are loving this style of content. They're loving all the stickers and the labels and everything else. And, and, you know, it does work really well and it is nice and easy to use. So this format of content as marketers, we definitely need to get our heads around. Mm. Now, at the minute in the US, uh, you know, there's kind of noises about the US spanning it, whether they're going to be able to do that or not. There's lots of people saying yes and no on there. There have been whispers about it being banned. You know, if it gets banned in the US, will it get banned in the UK? Um, so, you know, there, there's a whole world of stuff going on there. But the reality is, whatever happens, there will be some form of TikTok type content. That's quite hard to say, TikTok type content. Um, we will be seeing something like that. You know, within the next 12 months, it will be, we'll be seeing it in the same way we see Instagram right now. You know, two years ago, three years ago, we're going, oh, Instagram don't really get it, it's just for the kids. It's just kids posting selfies with those lips doing that. But I'm, never <laughs> able to do it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Emily sends me private messages saying, Christina, remember this is live. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so for me, TikTok's a really interesting thing. Really interesting. I am mm. concerned about the privacy stuff, but I, um, yeah, there's just, there's just so much stuff going on there anyway. I, you know, I, I've, created, I've created an account. I've done maybe three or four things on there just to test it out and play with it. <clears throat> but it is interesting starting to see some of the, um, I'd say, sort of the, the, the bigger business names now creating content on TikTok as well. Mm. So it is um, worth researching. One thing as well I've been thinking, you know, thinking okay how would businesses use it because like you're even though i'm a bit cynical about it i'm really intrigued by it you know i'm kind of like what why why is this taking off and how how long does people, people must spend hours crafting these videos so part of me wants to kind of create one to see you know to go through the journey with it what's it like but equally how can businesses use it but if you are say you know if your chosen demographic is you know school leavers graduates if you're a recruiter in the hospitality sector you know rubbish place to be at the moment unfortunately because there's not many events going on but if that's who you're aiming for that's where they're going to hang out so why wouldn't you potentially look for that so same as instagram um but and try and make it not boring because a lot of these you know company will go well we need to have a linkedin company page you're not going to get school leavers and graduates on there engaging with here's an interesting blog here's a post from my company but they may well engage if you're on tiktok or instagram doing that so yeah so i am really intrigued by it and feel like i'm just going to keep it kind of on my radar one of the best go on jane i was gonna say one of the best things i saw and it was actually right at the start of lockdown when um well just before it when the hand washing thing 
was happening. And there were some really good videos that the NHS and other people had actually put on there about washing your hands and made them funny. And I thought, mm. what a great way to actually get to those younger people who quite possibly don't wash that often, maybe, I don't know. And uh, yeah, yeah, what a great way to appeal to them and make it funny. And hopefully it did the job. Mm -hmm. I did think that was a really good use of it. As, as mm -hmm. someone with teenage and young nephews, I can confirm getting them to wash is, exactly. well, you know, with they boys, don't. it's not always easy. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I agree. I think for marketers and for businesses, you can, if you're clever about it, like that instance, Shane, you can use it and make it work for you and it can work for you really well. Like I know a couple of quite small businesses that made accounts quite early on, to be honest, when it was just gradually starting to go up that, that peak. And some of their videos have got like half a million views and things. And, and that level of reach, they would never get on Facebook or Instagram because they just mm. don't have that amount of followers at the moment. So I think, especially if you were on it at the beginning, it could have been, it, it could work well for you. But I think even now, if you use it cleverly and the, your target audience is there, then it, it, it can work. But I do agree with that what Amanda's saying as well about from a personal point of view, sometimes the videos do get on my nerves. But then I see ones that I do think are quite funny. They're doing one at the moment about um, Princess Diaries. I don't know if anyone's seen it, but it's really funny. <laughs> I, I like them. Right, so, so if you've not looked at TikTok before, they're, they're, they have these like challenge videos and the idea is you have to um, it's like you're recreating a video that someone else has started and there's one where it's like you you're sat in the car and there's maybe um, it's like maybe my husband would be in the driving seat and I'd have my handbag there and I'd go to put my handbag in the boots but as I swing my bag you've got to like whack him in the face, him in the face. <laughs> and then you're going oh no That's I need funny. to so then you get your bag back and you, you know you whack him over the back of the head with it instead and it is, it's like, it's really pathetic and really, really childish and absolutely brilliant at the same time. Is that just because you want an excuse to, to beat up? <laughs> Again, I'm not joking about that kind of thing, but. It, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of that kind of like bullying part of my character yeah. comes out at that point. I don't know. But you're you know, not always cuddly, Christina, as per your hashtag. No. We know. <laughs> you guys know better than most. Um, so yeah, so moving on um, from that, thinking about the challenge element and also the hashtags, one of the things that's happened over the last week or so is, um, you know, we've always had hashtags on, we haven't always had hashtags on Facebook for a few years. Hashtags have been a thing on Facebook, but they've never really taken off. They've not really been adopted. Um, and yeah, we have the same thing on LinkedIn. And then, I don't know, maybe maybe about a year ago now, LinkedIn had another push on hashtags. Um, and now it's like every post, people are putting hashtags in and they're using hashtags for searching and following them, that kind of thing. Well, now Facebook seemed to be doubling down on hashtags again. So, whereas like literally two, three weeks ago, if someone asked me the question about hashtags on Facebook, I'd go, yeah, do what you want. It's not really important. I think it is about to become really, really important on Facebook. So the, the rules, if you like, um, three to five hashtags per post, have that same approach we have on LinkedIn so, and on Instagram as well. So write your content, drop down a line or two, put your hashtags in there. Um, one of the things that we're, we're kind of seeing being tested 
is that when it's like a hashtag to do with a challenge. So have you guys seen there's a there's been like the 25 press up challenge has been going around Facebook. Um, basically, Facebook's recognizing if it's a post to do with that hashtag, it's then adding a button that you can kind of press, you can click the button and it's going to create a post based around that hashtag. Okay, so some of these hashtags are being picked up in terms of the functionality. So there's a really good article from um, Mary Smith um, that I should put in the comments that might be useful for anyone who wants to read into it a little bit deeper. Um, but yeah, essentially, like I say, start thinking about your hashtags on Facebook, three to five hashtags per post. Um, and one of the things that has been suggested as a bit of a tactic is to actually go back to some of your, like, some of your recent content that's kind of better performing and actually go in and edit that, add in those extra hashtags or, you know, if you've not included any, add three to five hashtags there. Um, and essentially kind of, you know, whether it's for your email marketing or just, you know, your general communications, try and get people to re-engage with that post because you should see a bit of a boost in terms of the reach of that. And if it was something that was already getting a little bit of engagement, then, um, yeah, from an organic perspective, it could have some real value for you. So, yeah, I, I thought it's quite interesting that <coughs> if you think about the kind of history of hashtags, you know, it was just, you know, two hashtags a tweet, two hashtags per tweet on Twitter, and they didn't really happen every, anywhere else. And now it's like they're everywhere. You know, and I say LinkedIn tried and failed with them, tried and failed with them, tried and it stuck. Same thing with Facebook. And because we've seen that success on LinkedIn, I, I think they will stick this time on Facebook as well. It's interesting that you said, Christina, about going back through some of the posts as well. I think, I mean, I'd sort of heard about it, but I didn't think, I didn't know about that element of it. I didn't know that would work. Um, so yeah, it's interesting about that. Um, the other thing that's been suggested, so Emily's like the Instagram, well, Emily and Amanda are both kind of, really into their Instagram and Jenny who's not on this call she doesn't mm. often join us for lunch but yeah. she's an Instagram queen now as well she is she, she's the she needs a crown <laughs> <laughs> I do love I do love stories I must admit I do love good stories um but one of the things as well because obviously Instagram and Facebook you're kind of looking at the same database essentially so you're trying to figure out what hashtags to use on Facebook because we're not seeing a counter or anything in terms of the usage on those hashtags do your hashtag research on Instagram. So do your searches there, you'll get an idea of how often those hashtags are being used. Um, go for something that's mid-range. So if there's a hashtag that's being used by millions and millions of people, and there's another, another option that's like, you know, hundreds of thousands, go for the hundreds of thousands because you're less likely to get lost. Um, I also like to couple up my hashtag, so I'll, I'll use something that's perhaps been used by hundreds of thousands and a hashtag that, you know, something really general and then something that's like really super specific um, and yeah, and just kind of pair them up that way as well. So you, you've kind of got that sort of broad range and more niche in terms of those hashtags. I think where Instagram differs as well is in terms of the amount of hashtags that you use. So mm. as you were sort of saying, Christina, like Facebook, it's sort of three to five. Twitter, it's usually kind of around two. LinkedIn, I tend to go for three-ish. 
Um, but Instagram, I, well, from research that I've done previously, it's a lot higher than that. So it's sort of ma the maximum you can do is 30. And there's been sort of contradicting theories as to which, so how many amount of hashtags sort of gets the most engagement. Um, but I tend to put sort of 15, between 15 and 30. I found that that's worked. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of times I've gone over 30 and then it doesn't actually post. It, it doesn't stop you, but you click post and then it doesn't. So it stops you at the point after posting, if you see what I mean. And then I, so it doesn't stop you before. So it doesn't go red or anything like that. You know, when you're sort of tweeting over the amount of characters, it's obvious there. It doesn't do that in Instagram, but it does stop you when you actually go to post. Um, but yeah, that's quite interesting. And also the way that you can see the impressions, I believe, from the hashtags. So under the post itself, if you click into the view insights, scroll down a little bit, and then it shows you specifically how many people have seen your post through only the hashtags. And I always find that number is really high, much higher than, as I said, sort of on other platforms. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely important, I think, to be using those hashtags 100% on Instagram, I think. Brilliant. Brilliant. Cool. Okay. So before we wrap up, uh, anyone got anything else they want to share? Anything else they've seen? Uh, Paul's been challenged to do a TikTok dance, so I think we should see that. Okay. He, he's, he has said no way, but, you know. <laughs> Peer pressure, we can do it. I think maybe in the Buzzcom community. Or, 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 or maybe, yeah, when they get back to do some physical meetings, he could come up with something for that. Totally. But, you know, these crazies going through, there was one a few years ago where everyone was um, like a statue. I can't remember what it was called. But everyone oh, would freeze and walk oh, through. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called though. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's funny. The um I have to tell you this, the Princess Diaries one. <laughs> Basically, there's this thing in Princess Diaries. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Right. Um, it's at the the school and then the quick that they phone and the Queen's coming to visit, and this woman answers the phone and she goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she goes, the Queen is coming. <laughs> Anyway, people are doing this video, but they're picking up their pets. <laughs> it's so weird, but it's really funny because sometimes their pets are just look really confused. Like there was something with this kitten. This kitten was honestly like, what? <laughs> and I was, this woman had a hedgehog. <laughs> it really made me laugh. Oh, anyway, I'll try, you, I'll try you it should with try that. <laughs> I'll try it with George. <laughs> I would try it with Sasha, but I think she'll be a bit too big. <laughs> wow. Because their small pets come in handy. Yeah. I mean, we do have fish, but I don't think that would go down very well. <laughs> do you know, I was, I was a little bit concerned that this was all a bit too serious, but we've seemed to have suddenly, like, dive Also, I can always bring it back to hound. honestly. <laughs> cool. Okay, so, um, so, yeah, let's leave it there. And, um, yeah, hopefully for anyone watching, hope it's been really useful. Hopefully there's been um, a pearl or... or a pearl and a half of wisdom in there and um, maybe even a laugh along the way. Um, we will see you next Thursday. Have we got a guest confirmed? Uh, yes, hopefully. Yes. Yeah, so she did confirm. Um, I need to just check in with Rhonda. So Rhonda D'Ambrosio, who is um, mental health specialist, resilient. So she's going to have some all-round all lovely woman. So we're going to have some good stuff to share next week. Fantastic. Right. We'll see you all next Thursday at 12 o'clock. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.